Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly, and this is going to be another solo episode today. However, Austin will be back on our next episode. And before I get started, I want to go ahead and let you know that the next episode is going to be on the case of Sandra Cantu. And that is going to be a Patreon-exclusive episode. So if you want to listen to that episode, you're going to have to go to patreon.com slash mystery to sign up. You get ad-free episodes, you get bonus episodes, and you get curated stickers in the mail by me. Um, I send those out usually once every couple of months. And I actually just sent out a brand new batch today, so all of you Patreons be looking forward to some happy mail within the coming days. And honestly, I really wish I would have gotten these out sooner, but we've had just so much going on between like some personal health issues and then Christmas, and you guys know how crazy the holidays are. So I had goals to get them out before Christmas, and that just didn't happen. But um, I'll probably, probably at some point be making a mom a minute on all of this and just everything that's been going on. And, you know, it's not any cause for concern. Everything is fine, but, you know, just life stuff. And I know sometimes you guys like it when we put out those types of episodes. So real quick, I want to give a shout out to some new Patreons. We have a bunch. So um, if you sign up for Patreon, you get a shout out on an episode. So these are some of our new Patreons. Lily Burke, Caitlin Graves, Lena DeSantiago, Haley Hitzdorf, and I am so sorry if I'm butchering these names. You guys know that I like always worry about that, but I do my best. Alicia Capobianco, Becca Baumhover, Hannah Adams, Alyssa, Allison Baker, Mary Gleis, or Glace, Cynthia Lopez, Courtney Begeman, Letitia Bloodworth, Victoria Barone, Amanda Siva, Olivia Castellanos, Mallory Cotter, Sierra Rose, Allison Allman, and Nicole Jones. Wow. Thank you guys so much for signing up for Patreon and supporting this dream of mine. It's been crazy lately. So if you follow me on Instagram, you already know, but I had a review pop up just, I don't know, it was probably last week saying that this person found my podcast because of a recommendation on another podcast by Melissa Rycroft. And I was like, Melissa Rycroft? I'm pretty sure she's famous. And I Googled her and she is. She was on Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, like making the team. She was on The Bachelor. She was on Dancing with the Stars. And now she has her own um, podcast with her husband called Logically Irrational. So at the end of her most recent episode, she got to talking about Casey Anthony and she shouted out our podcast. I mean, I still get chills every time I talk about it. I cannot believe that it reached Melissa Rycroft. <laughs> like, so 
Anyway, Melissa, if you're listening, I sent you a message on IG, but you know, I'm sure you get inundated with messages. Thank you so much for shouting out our podcast. It brought us a whole new wave of listeners. I appreciate it so much. And if you're new here, I'm glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to give two more quick shout outs to Paislin, one of our younger listeners, and another young listener, Aiden Scheider. All right. So today we're going to talk about an ongoing case and it is still open. So before we do get started, I want to let you all know that the information on this case is ever developing. And what I plan on reporting to you today is information that I have either found to be factual and based in evidence or the most likely to be true based on solid sources. I will not be touching on any kind of bogus theories or conspiracy theories You can go to TikTok for that because a lot of people are talking about this case along with the Idaho murders case, and they're just kind of grasping at straws to put a theory together. And on one hand, I understand why, because both of those cases remain unsolved. And I think people's impatience is turning into frustration and a desperation for answers. But on the other hand, you have to realize that you do a disservice to the victims in this case if you don't tell the actual truth. And not only that, but you could be hurting their loved ones by pointing the finger at a completely innocent person. We're seeing that happen all over social media lately, and I just don't want to be a part of that with this podcast. So as always, if you want the sources to each episode, including this one, they are in the transcript notes, which you can find on Patreon. So... There's my two cents, and without further ado, let's get into it. Shanquella Brenda Robinson was born on January 9th, 1997, to parents Bernard and Salamandra Robinson. She was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, and after graduating from West Charlotte High School, she studied business at Winston-Salem State University until she graduated in 2019. Shanquella really had an entrepreneurial spirit. She worked hard running her own businesses, mainly centering around braiding hair. She owned one business called Exquisite Babies, which specialized in braiding little kids' hair. She has posts on her Instagram of these really intricate braids, and I think it gets lost on some people just how hard this work truly is, especially on kids. I braided a friend's hair once, For those of you that don't know, I actually am a hairstylist, but I had never done braids on African-American hair. So this was my first time, and it took me about at least eight hours, and my wrist and fingers were sore for days. And mind you, that is the first and only time I did it, but it is definitely an art form that requires patience, talent, motivation, and a work ethic to make that your full-time job. I am amazed by people that do that. I, I truly am. But she worked so hard. No matter what was going on in her life, she would show up for work and not leave until the job was done. She would stay into the early morning hours to get a client finished if she had to, even if she knew she had to show up again early the following day. She'd often bring in her adorable little French bulldog to work, and her clients really enjoyed that. Shanquella also owned a clothing boutique online called the Exquisite Boutique, which specialized in women's clothing. But it looks like she hadn't made any posts for that business since January of 2021. So I think her main focus and form of income was braiding. 
Friends and family described Shenquella as having a heart of gold. Her mom, Salamandra, said that she loved everybody and pretty much everybody loved her. One of her friend's moms, Devondia Roseboro, said, quote, I remember her being reserved. She wasn't a confrontational type of person. She was loving and kind. She loved to travel, and although her Instagram feed is short, it showcases her posing at various tropical or exotic locations like Montego Bay, Jamaica, and the pool at the Mandalay Bay Resort in Las Vegas, among other places. So when an opportunity presented itself to go to Cabo San Lucas with a group of friends, Shanquella was totally on board. So on October 28th of 2022, Shanquella and six friends traveled to this luxurious villa right on the water. I checked out pictures of this villa and it is so dreamy. It runs about $1,500 a night. And obviously, you know, seasonally that price will change. I think that's actually like the cheapest it is all year but it's still pretty expensive. It has an incredible open kitchen, a private pool with a hot tub kind of like built into the pool. There's master suites with like these formal bathrooms. I mean, this place looks like an absolute dream. She traveled with six friends, three girls, Winter Donovan, Elise Hyatt, and Dejanay Jackson, and three guys, Khalil Cook, Malik Dyer, and Nazir Wiggins. The trip was actually planned to celebrate the birthdays of Nazir Wiggins and Dejanay Jackson, but Nazir didn't actually arrive until the next day. The group of friends met while they attended Winston-Salem, but Khalil and Shanquilla were especially close at times calling each other best friends. So that first night, the group just hung out, played some drinking games, they swam in the pool, and just really enjoyed their first night with no conflict. Shanquella documented a lot of this on her Instagram story. The videos show the group eating amazing food, drinking some colorful drinks, and just being playful with one another. At the end of the night, it appears that Khalil got a hold of Shanquella's phone and took a video of her that he posted on her Instagram story. It shows Shanquella passed out in a hammock, and he's behind the camera saying, quote, we got our first dead body, she threw four, end quote. Now, obviously, he's making commentary that she's passed out and not actually dead, but given what ends up happening to her, makes this commentary so eerie. So the next day was October 29th, and on this day, everyone is hanging out at the villa, and Shanquella calls her mom to tell her the plans for the day. On this phone call, Shanquella sounds like she's in good spirits, and she tells her mom that they have a private chef, so they were going to be eating some tacos or salad and really good, authentic food. And Shanquella's mom recalled ending the call, saying, quote, I love you, have a good night, and I will talk to you tomorrow. So then on Shanquella's Instagram story, she's recording a video of her as she walks through the villa looking for her friends. It appears maybe they had plans to go skinny dipping because Shanquella said that she was naked and waiting on her friends to get naked. So she's walking through the hall and the camera's pointing in front of her so you kind of see the way she's going through the house and all the empty rooms. And finally, she finds the other girls in a room together. As she walks into the room, they don't actually greet her, and two of them don't even really turn their body to her direction. They just kind of like look over their shoulder, like, oh, there you are. 
They don't really seem to even acknowledge her, even though Shanquella is giddy and excited and she's very like bright and bubbly. They just seem to be annoyed with her for some reason. So at about 2 p.m. that day, Shanquella's best friend, Khalil, calls her mom and tells her that Shanquella isn't feeling well and they suspect that maybe she has alcohol poisoning. But not to worry, a doctor was on their way to help her and that they'd be taking good care of her. He keeps in contact with Salamandra, saying that doctors are working with her, and this goes on for for a while. But then he calls Salamandra one last time to tell her that her daughter has died. And according to Salamandra, he had no emotion in his voice. After Shanquella's body was taken out of the villa, the others packed up and left for the States, bringing Shanquella's bags with them. When they got back to Charlotte, Khalil dropped off Shanquella's belongings at her parents' house. They asked Khalil again what happened, and he stuck to the story that she died of alcohol poisoning. But as the days went on, a few of the friends from the trip stopped by to visit with Salamandra, and their stories all slightly varied. They all stuck to the same story that Shanquella had alcohol poisoning, but how they found her varied amongst the friends. One said that a maid found her unconscious in the bathroom. Another said that they found her unconscious in bed. So Salamandra is starting to get a little suspicious. This just isn't really adding up, and she doesn't have a good feeling about this. So Shanquella's dad, Bernard, calls the resort in Mexico, and he had a hard time getting a hold of somebody that actually spoke English. But when he finally did get to speak to somebody... They told him that his daughter did not in fact die from alcohol poisoning, but that she died from a broken neck. Then Salamandra receives an anonymous phone call from someone stating that there had been a fight on the trip. And on November 5th, Shanquella's death certificate is released. According to WSOC-TV, the report said she died from, quote, a severe spinal cord injury and atlas luxation which is a misalignment of the top cervical vertebrae. So the first two bones in the neck that are just below the skull are called the atlas and the axis. The atlas is the first bone present in the neck and is located closest to the skull. So atlas luxation is essentially the dislocation of those two bones, otherwise known as a broken neck. So also on the certificate, it's indicated that the approximate time between injury and death was about 15 minutes and that her time of death was 3 p.m. So this story that Khalil told her mom about doctors working on her for hours and taking care of her for a while was total bullshit. After the report was released, Salamandra told The Independent that she suddenly stopped hearing from any of the people who went on the trip. As Shanquella's parents struggled to make funeral arrangements for their daughter, which involved the very expensive transport of her body from Cabo all the way to Charlotte, North Carolina, they were also pleading with the local media to get the word out about Shanquella's suspicious death. They desperately wanted answers and believed that someone out there knew something. They just needed to speak up. Her family planned for her funeral to be on November 19th, but just a few days prior to that date, they got a huge break in the case. A video surfaced that showed Shanquella getting brutally attacked by Dejeuner. 
Shanquella in this video is still naked from the video that she posted to her Instagram story earlier. It appears to be kind of early in the day, maybe early in the afternoon, because you can see clear blue skies outside the glass doors of the bedroom that they're in. But Dejeuner is repeatedly punching her in the head, and you hear Khalil, her so-called best friend, who was recording the video, say, quote, Quella, can't you at least fight back? And she responds, no. Then Dejeuner grabs her by the head, neck area, and whips her around, pulling her to the ground. Shanquella is then sitting upright with her feet straight out. This whole time, she's not fighting back. Dejeuner just keeps hitting her repeatedly. She kicks her in the head and then stumbles back saying, quote, get up, bro, get up, end quote. Then the video suddenly stops, but not before you see another female's hands right beside Khalil, who was recording the whole thing with her phone as well. And just a side note, I get so sick and tired of seeing videos that people record of things like this where there needs to be some sort of intervention. But not only that, like of multiple people recording the same thing and nobody stepping in. It blows my mind. It makes me so mad. And here we have this case where this girl is getting attacked. She's not even fighting back. And nobody, not even her quote best friend, is stepping in to say, hey, stop. It's not even a fair fight. She's not even fighting back. So then on Wednesday, November 23rd, an arrest warrant was issued in the death of 25-year-old Shanquella Robinson. However, it did not name the alleged suspect. So regardless, upon hearing that an arrest warrant had been issued in the case, Salamandra told ABC News, quote, I feel so good. That's a good feeling. That's what we've been waiting for, for someone to finally be held accountable and arrested. I just can't wait for justice to be served, end quote. The FBI has also opened an investigation into Shanquella's death, and according to ABC News, Mexican authorities revealed that Shanquella may have been alive and received care from medics for several hours before authorities actually arrived and pronounced her dead. Now, this completely conflicts with the recollection of events from the others at the villa. According to one of the medical professionals at the scene, they told Shanquella's friends that Shanquella was drunk, dehydrated, and that they should take her to a hospital, but they declined. Obviously, this is like a completely different scenario from what was reported on the autopsy and death certificate, which said that her injuries occurred about, at about 3 p.m. and that she died 15 minutes after sustaining them. So also according to this new police report, her friends requested medical assistance at 2.13 p.m., which was right around when Khalil made that initial phone call to Shanquella's mom. A general practitioner from the American Medical Center arrived at the address and Shanquella's friends told them that she'd had a lot of alcohol. The medic said that Shanquella had a poor verbal response, appeared to be in a state of drunkenness, and was dehydrated but had stable vital signs. So they told her friends to take her to the hospital, but they declined. Then, according to that same report, at around 4.20 p.m., Shanquella started seizing, which was when one of the girls, Winter, dialed 911. The details of that call have not been released yet, 
But when medics arrived again, this time she had difficulty breathing and a decreased pulse. By 4.49 p.m., they started CPR and gave five doses of adrenaline with no success, and she was pronounced dead at 5.57 p.m. So here's the thing. There is a picture that has been leaked of medics working on Shanquella. In this picture, which I will put on our Instagram and Patreon so you can see it for yourself, but Shanquella appears to be on the ground, but her head is kind of blocked by the view of the couch. So all you really see is her body from the shoulders down. But she's laying in the living room of the villa, not the bedroom where the assault took place as evidenced by that video. And in this photo, she is clothed. So who put clothes on her and who moved her to the living room? This is a huge question mark because obviously we see in the video Shanquella being attacked by Dejeuner and she appears to be completely out of it by the end of the video, but it also cuts off. So we don't know how the fight actually concluded. And there have been rumors. So I want to be very, very blunt about this. There is a rumor that there is another video circulating. Now this video has not been released, but the only reason I'm mentioning it is because The rumor states that Winter also had a part in the assault and that in the video, you can see Winter grab Shanquella by the neck and forcefully push her down. So, I mean, this would suggest where the neck break came from. But I think, honestly, you don't even need that because you have the video of Dejeuner attacking Shanquella so severely that any of her injuries could have been sustained from that attack alone. So eventually the FBI and Charlotte opened an investigation and it remains open for now. And at the same time, Mexican authorities are classifying this as a case of femicide, which is defined as the murder of a woman because of her gender and it equates to homicide here in the States. So how would that work if both authorities in Mexico and the U.S. want to charge someone for murder? What happens when a U.S. citizen commits a crime against another U.S. citizen in another country? Well, Mexico wants to extradite the alleged assailant, who, like I said, has remained unnamed, but I believe it's Dejeuner. I mean, it could also be winter, but we don't know that for sure. And while there is no requirement under international law to comply with extradition requests, the U.S. and Mexico have an established decades-old extradition treaty both countries generally comply with, according to Insider. But I will also note that extraditions from the U.S. to Mexico are actually quite rare, It doesn't mean it never happens though, but typically the U.S. extradites somewhere between 25 and 45 people to Mexico each year, but it's also unknown how many of those people are actually American citizens. That information was just not available. As for Shanquella's family, they want to see the whole group extradited to Mexico, and they especially want to see justice served for Shanquella's murder. If anyone does get extradited, tried, and convicted, Mexican prisons are pretty notorious for being especially inhospitable with poor living conditions and poor treatment. But it sounds like Shanquella's family believes that would be completely fair and just. So this story is ongoing. Like I said, I will keep you guys updated as updates occur. But I think this is just a sad lesson in being careful who your friends are because 
sometimes the people that you think are your friends are the ones who are going to stand idly by recording happily on their cell phone as you get viciously assaulted and lose your life. And they're sometimes the ones who band together and create this fake story so that none of their other friends get in trouble. This is just such a disappointing display of low moral character that I can't wait to see what happens. And I hope that these people get charged to the fullest extent and that Shanquella and her family receive justice. So until next time, Mama, Mystery, out. I just don't feel right doing that without Austin, but Mama, Mystery, out. Bye.